listening to Let's Be Honest with your host, Just Jonda. Hello and welcome to Let's Be Honest. I'm your host, Just Jonda, and tonight is one of our fun shows. It is our weekly Bravo Gossip Roundup, if we get to it, as well as the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City with my podcast bestie, Missy. Missy, you there? Yes, I am. Hi, everyone. All right. So, oh my goodness, it has been it's it it was quite an episode. I think we're going to jump in and if we cut under an hour and have a minute left, we'll touch base on a couple of the Bravo gossip topics. It's not I mean there's stuff that happened, but it's really a lot of the same stuff this week in terms of the Bravo universe. Um one of the big things and we touched on this last week was the um I think it was called what what did they call it? It, was, it had a dumb title. It wasn't as sexy as the housewife and the hustler. That they they needed they need to go back to the advertisers on this one. But it was a uh, the housewife and the Shaw Shocker. I think was the name of the uh, ABC Hulu documentary. And uh, yeah, so not not as good as of a title. When they come back for what I'm sure will be a part two or or whatever they want to call it when uh winner if she either takes a plea or um get to trial because obviously uh there will be there has to be a follow-up because this special wasn't even as long as the Girardi one which was almost two hours this one was like a little under an hour um but we'll have to send them some uh some suggestions for a better title definitely yeah, I mean it was a great show. I mean, it I really like was. So delivered more than the title. I think so, and I know that it was met with mixed reactions. I think that people wanted a lot more from it because of what we got with the Girardi one. Because the Girardi one was pretty explosive, and in in large part, obviously, because of the victims, and of course, the victims in that case are it are just so heartbreaking uh, you know the the um the burn victim Ricky Gomez and the 12 million dollars and the whole scheme of giving him a couple thousand here and a couple thousand there and lying about the judge and we were able to put a face on it because they actually spoke to him and um, it, 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 there was a lot they could do, but again, that was a civil case versus, um, a criminal case and the, and the stakes are very different. And as you and I have explained before, and, and I've explained throughout the Girardi mess that that case is really not about whether or not Tom, shall we say, misappropriated funds. The fact that 
the funds at some point were transferred to the Girardi firm is a foregone conclusion. The only issue there is where the money is and if and how much of it they will recover. And then, of course, the scrambling at the end over who gets the scraps, because it's going to be nowhere near what uh, is actually owed to everyone. Right. Right. Um, the the Mary Cos. I mean, I'm sorry, not Mary Cosby. I'm reading my notes. The <laughs> uh, the Jen Shaw thing is a very different posture because it uh, there is this is a criminal proceeding and everybody needs to step lightly and uh, both from the standpoint of the funda- absolute fundamental rights that she has, which however we may feel about her, we don't disagree that she has those rights and are entitled to them, as well as um, even from the prosecution standpoint, them not tripping up their case by uh, encouraging the the actual alleged victims in that case to speak out and perhaps say the wrong thing and then not be a credible witness if needed later on. So there's just a, a many different move. The way that the parts move in the Shaw case and just the very delicate nature of um, a defendant's rights and, and all of that uh, well, the defendant's rights, of course, balance against the, the prosecution not wanting to tank their own case um, are at the balance there. And, and again, once we, we've got so much to deal with with her castmates because she wasn't even on this most recent episode that um, hopefully we'll get to that in the end, because I, I do believe that there I had there are some things that if I were the prosecutor, I probably would have just not done. It doesn't, I, I don't believe that she's entitled to the case being dismissed the way that her attorney is asking for due to the special, because I don't, there's nothing truly that was said, even with the Homeland Security person there that wasn't available uh, via public record. It's just that most of the public doesn't know how to access the information and or and or and and mostly it's the or didn't realize how deep this situation went and the other players involved so that they knew what rabbit holes to climb down to to go all the way back to the very beginning like this started with a mofo who uh had a drug ring going on and like most criminals they're snakes and so he um dimed out some other schemes in order to uh get a hookup in his other cases so not saying jinshaw had anything to do with that it's just what criminals do i mean it's how the varsity Uh uh-huh i do think that 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 the special was a little prejudicial only if, and I have not gone back and looked at this, but only if some of those people who were talking about the scheme that they got caught up in, if those are not the schemes that she's on trial for specifically, those instances, 
Well, um, I will say this. Those are people who the schemes, it's my, now this is my understanding of it, uh, of those individuals. And it would make sense um, because coming from the standpoint of doing lifelong uh, criminal work, again, you just, and, and even, and, and as you know, with the work you've done, you just don't want to compromise witnesses or potentially compromise witnesses in a criminal case, which means you cannot go around having them say things willy nilly because they may say something that could be perceived as a lie in relation to what they've said previously. But it is my understanding that those individuals are not the direct victims of Jen Shaw. I'm not sure if maybe some other individuals, I think that they are potentially the victims of other individuals involved. It's my under, but I, it's my understanding that the reason they were used is because the scheme is the same. So they were right. able to better ex by having them there that helped to better explain a scheme that without adding some color to it is somewhat confusing or would be confusing for the average viewer. Because remember, before they added the um, the victims to it, well, victims of a scheme, even if not Jen scheme and the person from home, I think it was the person from Homeland Security put that little chart up and explained how it worked. That still was somewhat confusing, even with that diagram that he used. If I didn't know for myself what the scheme was, when he said this one did that, and then that one did that, and then the sales floors and whatever, and them using the language of sales floors versus this and that it still wasn't any less confusing to the average viewer without seeing a victim put color to it. So I, so I get why they did it, but I, I and, and I'm like you, I may have to go back and watch it again. And, uh, and I plan to anyway, just because it looks like within the next few weeks, we will circle, the show is going to circle back to the gen stuff. And then, of course, by the time we get to the reunion, we will be more in real time with what's going on, because I think that's also a, a, uh, tends to be very confusing for the audience, because the audience has a tendency to forget that we are seeing their reactions to what they found out seven months ago. Right. versus what we know now and what their reactions and relationships may be with her um, empathy or lack thereof at the reunion, because that is now. Right. I would imagine that as we talked about last week, the reunion is probably being filmed literally any day now. And we, you know, because, and we know that, 
at least as of yesterday, <laughs> it hadn't because the minute the reunion is filmed for any of these shows, things start leaking, whether it's the dresses or even if it's just Andy who always inevitably does a post saying, we just filmed the so-and-so reunion. It was 20 hours long. I'm exhausted. It was explosive, you know, and, and we haven't gotten that yet. But it's but it's got to be any time now, because even though this trailer they showed us was billed as a mid-season trailer, this is not mid-season because there's no way that they gave this uh, this show 20 episodes. And there's no not and I'm not saying that to knock the show. I'm simply saying that if they felt that they had 20 episodes worth of content, they would not have dragged out the first seven, eight episodes before they picked up in either the Mary or the Jen stuff. Because at the very least, they could have given us the Mary stuff sooner, if not the Jen stuff. And they didn't give us right. either one. Um, so... I think what it is is that when they did when they did that mid-season or what for other shows is usually the mid-season trailer they did it showing their most explosive stuff but their most explosive stuff is the stuff that happened as a result of the veil trip as it relates to Mary and of course Meredith's reaction and them seeing more and more of Lisa's snake-like behavior which we'll get to and of course the fallout from the Jen Shaw thing um but it it didn't uh, it doesn't age well um because we know that there's probably at most maybe four episodes left, which would put them at 16 episodes, which is practically, that's that's only a few episodes shy of what the Real Housewives of Atlanta gets. And, and there's just no way that they're going to go beyond about 16 episodes when we know that because of Jen Shaw alone, they're, they're going to give this at least a three-episode reunion. Prayerfully, they will not torture everyone with four the way they did with Potomac because Nicki Minaj or not, that was criminal yeah, <laughs> to do that for yeah. four episodes. Um, so I, I, I can't imagine that they would do that. If they do, they're desperate for content and I can't be mad at the women because they're just trying to get a check, but right. there, there's no way that this, uh, this uh, should be four episodes. So, um, so mid season, I think we've got three, maybe four episodes at the most left and then a three-part reunion. So we should be seeing ugly winter dresses soon. Because I <laughs> I mean, if last season was any indication. Um, These are the worst dressing women I've I don't, ever see, seen. See, I don't know if, if I, I would... Baltimore, like, I, I see, I don't know thing. if I would give them worse. I think, well, I would say ma uh, of the majority, but let's face it. OC has always, their dressing has always been borderline low budget. I think that, I think that OC people have, we, we tend not to pay attention to their dresses because the thing that has always been uh, uh, the that we would always talk about with the OC reunion, and I know this is going to sound very foul, but because you're my bestie, I know you're going to agree with me. The thing that we talk about with the OC reunion is always their faces. 
the amount of yeah. work that Tamara or Vicky used to get done on their faces. Heather Dubrow is just downright frightening to look at at this point. Um, I think that the only thing that might make their their looks interesting in the uh, for their reunion, because again, we've never looked to them for fashion. It was just always a just a bizarre looking group of women. Um, the new woman, the black woman, Noelle, I think that, you know, maybe we'll see what she's bringing from a fashion standpoint because she's like statuesque model type. Um, but so I think worse dressed is probably OC. Uh, I don't know. I, I might have to disagree because... At least the women in OC dress for the occasion. Like, you know, they wear cocktail dresses to a cocktail party. I, I know. And to lunch. I These agree. Women, I don't know what they're like. Where are you going? What are you well, doing? And I agree. I think that when this cast, now if we're talking about cohesiveness, you are absolutely right. This cast, um they'll go someplace together and somebody's going to a party, somebody's going to brunch, somebody's going to a disco, whatever. Um, I agree. I think the only reason why I've not like focused on that until now, thanks Missy, is that <laughs> there is usually one or two, typically uh, Jen and Whitney, occasionally Meredith, but I, with Meredith, if, if I like any look on Meredith, it's her casual looks because a, a lot of Meredith's casual looks are things that a, I, I would imagine a, um, a woman of a certain age wearing and I would wear right. some of her casual looks. Like sometimes when they come by her house and she's got on like some boots and a, um, a cool like top or sweater and, and slacks or leggings, those are looks that I could see a chic professional woman wearing. Um, So I never like her dress up looks because then she goes way to the opposite extreme and ends up looking like Big Bird or something. Um, But Meredith will give you a good, like classy, chic, you know, upper middle class, you know, whatever look. Um, With a shoulder pad. With, with a shoulder pad, pad, which we're, which, you know, hey, we grew up watching Dynasty, so we appreciate a shoulder pad. At least yeah. I do. Um, yeah. Lisa, it, it, look never changes, in my opinion. Um, she will just give you, uh, you know, it, 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 a nice jean and a fitted top. She dresses for her figure. It is always predictable, never terribly interesting not bad, but nothing that you care about. Um, Whitney, I think when they have to dress up, tends to give cute looks. She has the figure for it though. So um, it, she doesn't always hit the mark perfectly, but I, I like, I tend to, there's been very few looks, maybe only one or two uh, looks on her that I didn't like. And if nothing else, I like them on her. Jen, uh, Jen has good uh, has good looks because she has good pieces. She just wears right. too many she of them good, at one time. She has good pieces. That's exactly how. She In my opinion, des- despite 
you know, Mary's penchant for designers, Jen actually has better pieces than Mary, even if Mary's allegedly cost more because Jen's pieces appear more current. They fit her properly. And when she doesn't have too many of them on at one time, she wears them properly because it looks like whoever dresses her fits her well. Um, I think Jen is probably one of those styling clients that, you know, the stylist will be like, well, let me put this on just to see what it looks like. And Jen will be like, yeah, I like that. And the stylist will be like, no, I was just testing it out to see if it works. And she'll be like, no, 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 leave that. That's Jen. <laughs> like, I was only putting this fur piece on with that plaid wrap to see which one we liked. The intent was not for you to wear them at the same time. And 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 poor Mary has to have... Oh, she's just yeah, a hot Not mess. just the logo, but the logo and the name. That's what drives me The crazy. logo really and the like... name. And see, and this is the thing with Mary, though. It's funny because we just talked about the fact that as a group, they dress for different occasions as a group. Mary dresses for different occasions on her body at one time because Mary and we've seen her do it. And in fact, one of the standouts to me, it, it, aside from it being hideous is also just, again, the different occasions. One of the first times we saw her season one with that green foam. Who did she say that was? Did she say that was Versace or Givenchy dress? clearly off the I back of the rack, the dress, but remember that but... then she had the 50 Chanel necklaces on yeah. and the white tights, which was a whole mess. And she had a Gucci bag, but with the camera strap, the, the Gucci camera strap, uh, long strap, as opposed to having a clutch or just having one of her Chanel bags of which we know she has. It was, and the way that it was fitted on her, it was awkward. It was like the waistline. It was just like, well, it was just laying on her. Like just yeah. because designers want models to be hangers does not mean it should look like it's still hanging on a hanger. That is a term of art. It is not meant to be literal because <laughs> that's what it looked right. like. Right. Um, but let's let's get into the episode because see, we already went down the rabbit hole, and this episode had a lot. I gotta hand it to him. When this episode went off, I was like, "Wow!" <laughs> you know, yeah, if we ever complained that they were not giving last week, they did a good job giving. I would say if last week was a B. For me or you know and, and maybe even a b plus because I, I really did think last week had some great moments this one was definitely an a a minus nobody's ever going to get an a plus um you know but okay, okay. this i i thought that this episode and i think really because you got something from everybody even jenny in not saying much i still liked what she gave and i know that there's people who are like Jenny's not doing much this season and or and or especially here but I think that even I know that newbies are supposed to jump in and have their big moment and all that or even if not have a moment they're supposed to jump in and make themselves a part of the group and whatever 
But people can't have it both ways. You and I both know that sometimes when newbies try to jump in and really get all deep in everything, then people will complain that they're doing too much when they really don't know the women. Jenny, these are situations that run deeper than just the moment that they're happening. If both of the major situations don't just go back weeks, but they go back months and years because you have, even with Mary, people at, at the cast members admitting that, yeah, we've heard shit for the longest and whatever, whatever. But like Heather put so well, which we'll come to, when we get to the point where Homeland Security is pulling up or whatever, I'm over it with giving anybody the benefit of the doubt. Now we just got to call everybody's shit out because stuff is just too serious and it doesn't matter who was the, the straw that broke the camel's back. We just need to put it all out on the table and see and make sure nobody else is getting arrested when I'm around because I'm not trying to have my life go out like that. But see, this is where the third wall situation becomes so important because we walked away from that season and so should they have, knowing all of the innuendos surrounding Mary. And so I think they I did. find it, right. So I just find it really hard that now on this trip, we're going to address it. But I think, but I, I think that it's certain things were set up that way by a combination of both Lisa and the producers, which and production, which is probably why production, and again in bringing down that fourth wall, was in a tizzy when the women were debating about the ones on the bus were debating about whether or not they were going to go ahead on the trip anyway, because production, especially whoever Lisa's producer is already knew that this trip. And I, I firmly believe it. This trip was supposed to be about the stuff with Mary and then everything with Jen sent it in another direction. I truly believe that this trip, the Jen situation not, not withstanding because obviously when something like that happens, we're going to talk about it. This trip mm -hmm. was supposed to be the, the Mary situation and of course us getting uh, the situation with Heather and her sister. And honestly, we probably would have gotten even more of, of the situation with Heather and her sister if they weren't if they didn't have to take a detour and a very important one that the audience would not have tolerate, tolerated if they didn't take, which is the women reacting to the gin thing because of everything else that happened, that is the realest shit or some of the realest shit that has happened on this show or any of their other shows. Because Hello? Shonda?
the stuff that wins Emmys. Um, this trip, and, and, and you are absolutely right with the, with the fourth wall thing, was absolutely going to be about Mary and the Heather and her sister relationship, but understandably, the Jen situation took a big took a big chunk out of it. But let's jump in because I, I think that given what Lisa did, it's very clear that all of this stuff was very much, in my opinion, very much planned out with Lisa and or whoever produces her. Yeah, so, definitely. um, so we pick up with, uh, what pretty much was the theme of the whole episode, at least from the standpoint of Meredith, um, her kind of nasally line, a uh, train of thought never changed through the whole episode, which is she didn't want to go down the path of listening to Mary's stuff without proof, because this is when Mary got nasty with Whitney left and the conversation continues and the the last thing we saw in episode 11 was lisa dropping the bomb um well for the, i well they all kind of knew about cameron because meredith told whitney we know whitney told uh heather and again i don't know if any of them told jenny but understandably she wouldn't know um, which again is why I didn't have a problem with the fact that she didn't have much to say because if she had interjected too much, everybody would have been like, you know, I'm, the audience would have been like, well, you don't even know what's going on because they've had this thing going on for a minute. So, so I didn't mind her so much being a little quiet. Um, she, it looks like she's going to have her moment later on to prove herself to try to be on season three. So anyway, but I'm already tired. I'm already tired of her though. Yeah, I I I think I want to see what she what she brings uh what she brings to the table later on. I think that maybe if we got a little bit more of her sort of natural integration into the group as opposed to the situation with her and Dewey which feels it still feels a little oogie especially since it it kind of dropped so suddenly. I feel like with Jenny I would have rather, if we were going to deal with a her and Ju uh, Dewey and baby storyline, I would have rather we dealt with it from the context of her child that that passed away because the anniversary of that child's death was coming up anyway. So it would not have been terribly out of place to deal with that because these women are wives and mothers. And um, I think that that's something that people could identify with and empathize with. I think the the fact that um, it it we got that very very important piece of her story on the heels of that whole having extra babies sister wives thing it took the wind out of the sails of something that actually was a much more meaningful storyline that would have given her character more depth before switching gears and dealing with some bullshit with her husband and an alleged sister wife scheme that nobody believes. What, what do you think about my assessment of that? maybe but I also just think that like she's boring and like the more interesting 
things about her that would probably make for better TV is that interaction with her extended family where there's some BS going on. I mean, it's the messy stuff people want to see. And that's the tough part about it because we don't, and that's, that's the tough part with this for me because I don't feel like it should be all mess all the time because that to me is inauthentic. Because, yes, people have mess, but it's not all mess all the time. But to me, it's clear that whatever she and her husband, and this is, you and I definitely disagree on this, but when I watch her and her husband with the sister wives and the another baby thing, it seems very contrived, like an issue that they've probably already worked out in real life, that they're just bringing up on camera because they need an issue. And and I and I I agree with that. I think that and and we know and this is not um, specific to Jenny that most of these shows and most of their issues again because life just does not work this way. They are reenactments of situations, even the, some of the situations that result in the women having these alleged conflicts are reenactments of things that were already discussed or resolved or whatever. And they tell their producers about them and then their producers help them to produce these moments. Just like we know that Lisa was attempting to produce but is blowing up in her face right now. Um, So I I agree with that. And that's why I said, if you're going, and and that's why it, it, it goes back to my point about Hello. That you are bringing on the show just to get a moment is something that people won't beat you up about because who's gonna like be all like at somebody when their storyline is losing a baby. Uh, so that's why I felt like if you're going to talk about that, I would have, which she did, I would have preferred that that not come on the heels of the storyline that people feel is the most fake. Um, I mean, which I, is the whole I, thing I with her you. and Dewey. I hear you, but I think people watch these shows knowing that they're fake in the hopes to catch a glimmer of who the person really is. Mm-hmm. And that's why some of these people become fan favorites or become really popular. And I just don't see any of that for this, for this person. And and I'm not saying that she will be, I'm simply saying that I don't mind whether she comes back or not. I don't mind where she is right now, even if it's quiet, because there is, there is no place for a new person. And and again, these are things that you really can't predict, right? We know that no matter how they try to produce it, there was no, there's nobody can predict how Mary's going to act because I don't think Mary knows how Mary's going right. to act. So right. that's a whole separate thing. But nobody, you know, they couldn't predict. They knew that there was going to be, uh, they, well, no, because it happened while the season was filming. They couldn't predict 
the whole Jin Shah situation. That was other than her normal antics. But what ultimately ended up happening was something falling, raining down from the sky from the reality TV gods. If they were just right. dealing with Mary and bringing in a new person, that's one thing. Because, you know, if you're going to just have folks just, you know, doing this or that, that's one thing. But when you have something like this that potentially takes over everything that's a rough point to bring in a new person because this is one of those rare times when stuff is just so hot that you keep the cast as is and just let them deal with it so this i think that i think the problem is that her only brand or at least the only one that i've seen that's very effective because they're all mothers. You know what I'm saying? You know, you have, you have like Meredith is the businesswoman, and Lisa Barlow is the party person, and Mary's the religious person, and Whitney is the airhead, right? And you have, um, what's her face is, you know, their beauty spa divorcee trying to make it through, and Jen Shaw is like the nut, right? Like, so you, so you, you, so you didn't like, need another person. Because uh, none but, of them on their own are interesting. There's nothing but, but interesting like, about Heather. But, she's just likable, but she's not interesting. But what is this character's brand like? But what? But the only reason they have that is because we got to know them as a part of the group and assign them something. And that's what I'm saying. They just didn't need someone else, but they had already brought her in. And we know no, that no, chance no, from the from the first episode, we knew that Mary was the religious person. We knew that Whitney was the airhead, right? Like from and, the and, no, and I'm, I'm following, game. and I'm following what you're saying. But ultimately, yeah. on on every one of these shows, when they bring somebody in, they don't always have a thing. It's just a matter of whether or not that cast needs someone else, and if it works. This cast didn't have anybody who left. So they really didn't necessarily need anybody new. Well, it's, I will just I will just say that like she needs a brand other than being Asian. I think that she was upgraded to well, first of all, there's white people who do the casting. So for me and you, she needs another brand other than being Asian. For the white people who casted her, they do think that's a brand. Just yeah, like on love, you know, because remember what we're dealing with, just like on Married in First Sight, you and I could look at it and see that Bao and Johnny had absolutely nothing to in common except for the fact that they were both Asian. But for the white people who did the casting, that was enough. Yeah. So they well, had I, I think I think that's going to be problematic because we don't know what to watch for from her because well, she's just there. Like, well, and unfortunately, I think, again, she is in a situation where the cast is dealing with stuff that is unique to this group of women who actually know each other and know stuff yeah. about each other. And that was that's that's the only thing I'm saying. It's not even a defense of keeping her on the show. I'm I was only just kind of complimenting because I, I do I am complimenting the fact that in this situation she's 
she's playing her position because her position is she really does not have a place in this discussion. And by no fault of her own, she does not know the people involved in a very serious conversation where her in interjecting too much would make the audience you know, as much as they say that she they she's boring and whatever, if she interjects too much, they would complain about that too because she has no place in any of this through no fault of her own. And that's the position she's playing because it's, 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 it's a lot. And that would happen. And that actually would happen in real life. Right. I mean, I would sit back and watch with the popcorn. I mean, I don't know the, any of these women. And that's know. exactly what she was doing. And when they did try to bring her into it, again, in playing her position, she went with the innocent until proven guilty thing, which is not trying to defend Jen at all, because she's like, I don't know her like that. And with and Mary... she's probably helped. The shoes probably helped. Well, yeah, Mary. but, but well, Mary. yeah. Although Mary was still ignorant with that. Mary is just ignorant. Okay, let's get into it because we've still talked more about broader issues in the episode itself. Okay, so Meredith, who once, in my opinion, this was a very me, me, me argument, says she was brutalized by Jen, so it's easy to believe stuff about her. However, she's, she's not gonna just believe stuff about Mary without proof because Mary's been nothing but kind to her. I don't feel like Meredith knows Mary any more than she knows Jen. Actually, she does She does know Jen more because she knew Jen longer. Um, but she ain't effing with her anymore, and that's fine. I don't, it's, I don't believe this whole Mary is so close to Brooks. Brooks is back at school. So she, Mary was kind to Brooks and whatever because she was kind to the mother. I think that this is a, sim a simple situation where Meredith and, and, you know, people have a right to feel how they, you know, to view things through whatever lens they choose to view them. I think, and, and the, the lens that Meredith is choosing this to view this through is I'm fine with condemning the bitch who I don't F with no more. The one who seems to be pleasant with me thus far, even though I know yeah, she's crazy. Yeah, the one who gave me a reason. Then, the one who gave me a reason. I'm a gay. Exactly. The other one I'll be more charitable with. I don't think that this has anything to do with her thinking that Mary is necessarily a great person. Because I think we also have to remember, too, that Meredith prides herself at being, again, of being the... Uh, the sort of the, the, the grand dame of the group. And they kind of treat her that way. Meredith is the one that they seem to want to impress and whatever. And she carries herself that way as well. But I, like, also, I, I also think that Meredith is coming from a very, and I, I don't even really like her character, but like, neither do from I. A very, from a very mature perspective, because this is Mary's life, literally. And mm -hmm. her, her means of supporting herself and you shouldn't play games with that. Like there's something really, I mean, look, there's shenanigans up in that situation. Right. But I you don't... get on national TV um, and, and, and kind of throw that out there. And all you have is innuendo, some guy who won't say what's but really going on. This is an innuendo and they know it. 
they're all there. Meredith has heard the same stuff that everybody else has had. Right, right, right. But they want was out before the show even aired season one. There is nothing that we know that they don't know and probably know. But if the best if the best that you can get on the show is homeboy with that warning and a lot of there's a story but I'm not going to tell it but there's a story from someone who's shown themselves to be duplicitous even before this began because remember Meredith was on the half because she was like Lisa why are you messing with Jen Shaw well, yeah, and, you know and what's I, going on and I agree I'm simply saying that at, at Meredith and, and I'm not knocking it Meredith doesn't want to go on record as being the one to say to Ish even if it's stuff that she knows and is heard and knows right. the deal and whatever she doesn't want because that's not who Meredith portrays herself to be among the group. She's not the bone carrier. Right. Right. Excuse me. That's not who she is in this group. And that's not who she chooses to be her saying that, you know, it, so her not uh, participating in what she considers to be a witch hunt is um it it serves dual purposes because on the one hand it keeps her above the fray when mary flicks off on these heifers because it's good because she knew that was going to happen and two she can consistently stay on the record as saying i no matter what i've heard or where i've heard it from I have never, I can maintain my record as never being one of the ones to spread it. Because we saw that even when she said the thing about them with, you know, um, you all talked about my situation and nobody came and talked to me. So I'm not going to do that to someone else. So it, uh, it and serves. And she was, she was already on high alert mm-hmm. because of that weird event. Absolutely. And somebody she doesn't know, like just mm-hmm. coming up and saying all of that. So, like, I get that. Like, and I know. just don't think I think a person has a right, which she does, and and because again, uh, both of us admit we're not exactly the biggest Meredith fans, and so that's why I'm not like you know, putting her on in this high, high place in terms of her defense of Mary, because I also think that as with all of them, she is no less strategic than any one of them. Because we've seen her strategy as it's in, in how strategic she has played the whole situation when it came to Jen until she was finally able to say, ha ha ha, when Jen got right. arrested. Um, so we know that she plays the game as well, but in, I will give her, uh, credit as well as, uh, the respect of saying that a person certainly has the right to be the owner and writer, should they choose of their own epitaph. And what Meredith wants hers to say is whether I knew ish about somebody or not, I wasn't the one who carried the bones and you ain't going to get me on camera doing it for show. Right. Right. And if this crazy heifer decides to go off on y'all, whether she puts a spell on you, whoops your ass or, or, or sues <laughs> you either way, I'm not going to be on the receiving end of that. 
Right. Right. So, and I'm not mad at that. Um, so why they, why does Lisa have it in for Mary? That's the one thing I now this I part don't understand. Now this part is interesting. I'm glad we're getting into this because I think this is where the whole Lisa trying to simply and and even though she's denied it all over Twitter, I think like literally the world has seen it. Lisa, in my opinion, is trying to position herself as the star of this show by essentially producing this show. I think Lisa, especially since she wants, you know, she thinks that she's above, you know, most of the cast, you know, because we know that she thinks she's better than Whitney and, and Heather. That was her nom de gloire in, in, in first uh, um, season. I think that um, Lisa wants it fancies herself the Kyle Richards, if you will, of of this franchise. You know, throw a rock, hide okay. your hand. She is the one who can be exclusively friends with everybody, but keep them from being close to one another. Because notice she initially wanted to make sure things were lined up where Meredith was her best friend. Right. That's it. So then season two and i believe this from day one she she cozies up next to jen because she knows that coming out of season one for the good or for the bad jen is jen shaw was the breakout star of this show you could not think of salt lake city you don't have to like her that doesn't change it from being the truth it's no different than the very polarizing nene leaks although probably obviously far more popular in her heyday Still, however you felt about her, clear breakout star of the show. And, and you know, and, and of course, on and on and on from whether we're talking about Teresa Giudice on New Jersey, you know, there's always that person. And for Salt Lake City, it is Jen. So you make sure that you are close with the breakout star because what is the breakout star going to get? The most camera time. Right, so right. I'll be friends with. So that is what I have firmly believed was her reason for cozying up to Jen, especially in the face of of that putting her friendship with Meredith in jeopardy. Especially when you look back at how hard she in season one seemed to fight to make sure that everybody knew that she was Meredith's best friend and little sister and then for her to suddenly jeopardize all of that just to be with jen shah of all people especially given the situation with meredith they're the only thing that could possibly make sense would be because of jen's to positioning on the show good or bad um same thing with i mean it's like on potomac why you know the girls no matter how giselle and robin treat them still break their necks to try to be in their friend group but Um, how does this translate back to mary because it's like yeah and i think with mary again she positioned herself to be friends with mary i don't think that with lisa it's an issue um and and i'm sorry i went off on a tangent i don't think that with lisa it's a matter of having a vendetta against mary i think that lisa and and correctly so 
because of her quest to be the star of the show, knew based on what she knows or and based on what everybody else has heard all around Salt Lake City, knew correctly that the shit with Mary Cosby would make a good storyline. I don't think that Lisa fundamentally has a problem with Mary at all. I don't think Lisa gives a damn about Mary, good or bad. For Lisa, this is producing good television that puts her right smack in the middle of the storyline because of her position with how the story is going back and forth and her role with bringing Cameron into it and her relationship with Meredith and whatever. And then she gets to cry and play the victim, which still ultimately does what? Put the camera on her. So I don't think that Lisa dislikes Mary. I don't think Lisa gives a damn about Mary at all. But she is disrespectful. I mean, that's kind of where the tension started brewing because she was being kind of like a smart ass for Who, her. Mary or Lisa? Mary. Lisa well, Mary's, well, Mary's nasty Mary. to everybody. I mean, yeah. Mary, Mary is, uh, and uh, Mary is unpredictable. Mary is nasty. They know Mary is nasty. And that is part of the reason why I think that there is no real allegiance to her whatsoever, which goes back to the whole thing with Meredith just doesn't want to get her hands dirty. She knows that everybody has this stuff to say about her good or bad. She just doesn't want the mess to be on her hands. And again, I'm not hating on that. You you are entitled to write the story that you want to write about the person who you want to be. That's fine. Right, but with, right. But with Lisa, I think we know Mary is nasty. I think that that's the way Mary treats them all the time. I think you and I both talked about this and agree on it, that Mary truly believes, and we've seen this with her even season one, that all of these women, even the ones who she temporarily, because the relationship never lasts, that she temporarily gets along with for the moment, she believes all of them are beneath her, whether it's because she, whether it's because she don't like white people or she don't like people or she just don't give a damn. Mary has has a very high handed way of dealing with people. You even see it with the way she dealt with the people at her church and the way that she right. treats these women is no different. She thinks that they are stupid. She thinks, you know, she's, you know, looks at them at, at looks at the fact that they drink as, you know, she's one of those church people that, oh, just because people get tipsy, they're bad people. You know, like even the fact that Whitney was drinking, so what? That doesn't mean that she wasn't capable of holding a conversation. She was lucid. She wasn't like falling all over the place or whatever. She was no less tipsy than anybody else. So um, I think that that I think that this, you know, there's no love there on either one. There's just they're friendlier at times than others. And in this particular instance, Mary and um, Meredith had a moment where they were are, are being friendly. Maybe not now. I don't know. Lisa and Mary, I, I always felt that there, and you tell me what you thought, I always felt that Lisa and Mary's interaction was awkward. Even when Lisa went to her house that that time, I thought yeah. their interaction was awkward and inauthentic. Yes, yes. 
to me, if anybody, the person who, which is probably what is throwing Whitney so much, the person who probably felt the most of an opportunity in terms of trying to get to know Mary and actually in a somewhat real way, interestingly enough, would be Whitney. Because remember, Whitney was very grateful for how um, her father, how comforted and welcomed her father felt going to their church. So despite the rumors and that, and, you know, and that part of it, there was, Whitney did have a soft spot for Mary because of the whole issue with her dad, which is real. Right. So then what happened? Is she mad about her dad? Is that why she has such a bee in her bonnet? Well, no, I think the bee in her bonnet, well, remember, I think the bee in her bonnet is, and Whitney said it. Whitney doesn't have Whitney's issue with Mary is really that she doesn't know why Mary is mad at her. <laughs> Remember, Mary right, is right. Mary tricked on Whitney because Whitney didn't answer the phone or or RSVP right. in the manner she felt was appropriate, and then it elevated to the whole little girl thing and went down from there. So. I don't think that the Whitney part is fake. I think she is genuinely thrown off. Like, why did whether or not I answer the phone and you ain't my mama? We we cool, but we ain't best friends. Why right. did that elevate to the point where when I came to your function, you going to treat me like shit after inviting me here and continue to carry mm-hmm. on that same? energy even beyond that um i actually get why whitney's upset i just would have gotten over it before her and just been like fuck that bitch right right so i i think it's a combination of mature uh of you know perhaps immaturity or just the fact that they're on a cast together and i think we always have to remember that there is some pressure that some castmates may take more seriously than others about trying to maintain relationships or or try to get along with their um with their castmates in as much as possible because of that thing that Andy always says, if nobody wants to film with you, there's there's no point in keeping you around. And so, um, so yeah. And, and, and again, Whitney is younger than them. So it, 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 I'm, I'm sure it does get their goat a little bit. You were the youngest once you are the youngest. Yeah, I am. (laughs) with that whole, they're cool with you when they're cool with you, even with your siblings, they're cool with you when they're cool with you. And then all of a sudden out, you know, they flip the switch on you and you some little girl that's in the way. Right. Right. And yeah, so, I get that. and, and with Mary, it's like disrespectful because you're not my big sister. You're like my castmate and you talking crazy to me. And then when I try to resolve it, because I don't even know why you're doing it, you get crazier. Because every <laughs> because every single time Whitney has tried to talk to Mary, Mary has taken it up a notch. It would be one thing if she just said, I don't want to talk about it or whatever. But she says, I don't want to talk to you 
like you piece of dirt <laughs> or I don't want to talk to you. You probably had dirty hands when you made my eggs. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's a like, lot. She's pretty dramatic. She's pretty dramatic. She's, she's downright nasty. And, and you could see why, it, you know, there's a tape out, like why you could see why ex members or even current members drop dimes on her because once you decide you ain't dealing with her anymore, she's giving you a lot of ammunition from all the times you saw her act crazy and let it go. Well, so she provides um, a lot of comedy. I mean, she is one of the reasons why I oh, watch she really the show. Does. She's one of the reasons why I watch the show because I know she's gonna do something crazy and I th- every I think- episode. The other thing with Mary, too, which adds in another layer to her attitude <laughs> of high handedness and looking at these women as if they're beneath her, is that she is the least educated person out of all of them. And that wouldn't even be a big deal because I'm not trying to say that, you know, you're better just because you went to college or whatever, just in case anybody's listening and hop on that. I mention that because it is not just that she legit is the least educated out of all of them, but it shows. Like, Mary's lack of understanding of a lot of stuff, basic stuff. I mean, she's somebody that if you didn't know that she's actually gone somewhere outside of Salt Lake City and her church, because we know she, you know, based on the information, she's gone to New York and we know she went someplace else to have the surgery and, I'm assuming she's been to Florida because they have a home there. I've seen a picture of her at the Essence Music Festival of all people, of all places. You would think she wouldn't want to be around that many black people, especially in the heat. But, (laughs) you know, um, you know, I still in my heart do not believe she's ever been out outside of the continental United States. She's going to have to prove that to me with a passport. But. My point is, given how she acts, how she speaks all of that, she would be someone that if we didn't know these things from other sources, it would not surprise us if she had never left anywhere off of her own block. I agree. Um, it, it, she does not speak well, doesn't try, doesn't care. Her tweets are a freaking nightmare of you know, Cartman proportions. It is, and I do mean from South Park, like it's bad. Yeah. Oh, it's bad. Um, so I can only imagine what some of those sermons are like. And, 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 you know, cause we know that it's like a liar, fire and brimstone and all that stuff. But anyway, all of that to say, not to do the whole, because you know how folks get, you know, folks with degrees versus non-degrees and all of that. All of that to say that you have a lot of nerve being this way towards your castmates when not only do they carry a a, a, a higher level of um, education and worldliness and all of that than you, but it shows because you could be someone 
who did not go to the hallowed halls of some university and whatever and be doing great and have all your designer clothes and all that crap that she has in that bedroom closet she lives in. And you are the most like, you know, you could be breaking mofos down to the point where they're afraid to talk to you because you're going to make them feel like an idiot. Mary ain't that chick, but she thinks she is. And that's annoying as hell. Because half yeah. the time when she's talking, I'm like, okay, what, what, you know, part of the English language is she going to split up, you know, put some prob- some adverbs where an adjective needs to be and, and you know, you know, use some Spanish in the wrong conjugation. I don't know what's going to go on. So now, now, can we get to the real part that I tripped off of? Okay, go is, ahead. Okay. Mary giving out these gifts. Yes, Lord. Yes, sister. Sookie, and I can I can tell you I can tell you that like I it would take you more used ish. If you're gonna buy me off, she didn't even. If you want to buy me off, it better not be used. Yeah, it was just Although, like really. It, 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 I wouldn't mind used Louis if it had if it wasn't badly used. But something tells me that the leather on the Louis bags Mary gave him probably it was scraped up at the bottom. And look, I don't know if Mary's a smoker, but I don't know why I feel like if you went in her house, it would smell like cigarette uh, smoke. It's and her that voice. Too. That voice gives it away. Okay, it's so not a smoker. I would not be shocked to know that she was once a smoker. Okay, so I would just say that they took these gifts because I really can stand here. And Heather say said that, uh, Heather said that she did not accept hers. Okay, because I would say that, like I, you know, am like very middle class. I don't do like luxury things. And if I was with Mary and she offered to give me any of those things, I would be like, no girl, no. But these women accepted them and were kind of pumped about it. And I'm just confused. Well, I don't have, I, I women. Well, we know that women <laughs> of you know that people give each other gifts and people tend to give one another gifts where they're at you know what i mean so we do know that if you are invited to that i'll take one of my favorite bridal registries of all time um melissa rivers bridal registry um one of which was at williams sonoma and you have a mom who I ain't mad at it because we know Joan Rivers had a crap ton of money. Um, right. And of course, a lot of the people she invited did. So that bridal registry had everything on it from something that may have like maybe a $200 punch bowl to a hooded oven from, you okay. know, with the with the you know, the big German oven with the copper in the whole nine yards because somebody might buy you that for $10,000 and send it to your house. So people give and receive where they're at on that level. So it is not beyond the realm that someone uh, of the Louis Vuitton um Level and I, I love me a good LV bag, but but they were it, but they I'm were about way... to give someone one. 
And but they were way too excited about getting them. Like, you're so excited you're going to go in a room and jump on a bed. I was like, what? Well, remember, well, I thought that part of that was maybe they thought they were new until she made clear they weren't because they were because remember, they were kind of disappointed when she gave them those aprons in a Louis Vuitton bag. And it turned out to be (laughs) and it turned out to just be regular aprons. I think that a some people are just excited to get any gift. And B, we also do have to remember that not all of the the richest person on this show is the least ostentatious ostentatious of all of them which is heather so and and heather seems like the type that just gets excited when anybody gives her a gift of any kind that just seems to be her personality the other ones don't have don't have heather money and they don't have i would venture to say that the others do not have the money to give all of their to give every one of their castmates five thousand dollar bags now they might now from their uh season two money but from their regular lives we know lisa's not living like not rolling like that i would say next in line behind heather would probably be uh it would have, I would have said Whitney, but we're going to find out that Whitney and her husband are leveraged to the hilt is probably Meredith. And that is, and, and still nowhere near making Heather money. I just mean behind her, if we were to rank them would probably right. be Meredith and not even in the millions, just Meredith because her store is a jewelry store and her husband must make a decent salary that is worth it to him to live in two different places and not give up his job. Right. Um, so that is, and, and of course where they are is not a cheap place to live. So unless they're living like regular people, um, so I think so given their actual their real income, I can see them being excited. And with um what's her name? With Jenny being excited about the boots, I the impression I got was she was excited because they were also very cute boots. Because remember, she couldn't even pronounce the name. Right, she I thought just that was liked, funny. Yeah, she just not that she didn't know what Louboutin was. It could just be her accent, but she just thought that they were cute ass boots. And quite frankly, I thought they were cute boots too. Now I didn't like hearing that they were used, but given Mary um and how she is, where would she be going that she would be wearing boots like that? I think Mary's a shopaholic and that's where why she has all that stuff. Because other than to church she's not rolling anywhere or with the kind of people that she would need to wear that stuff all the time. She's not going to the, uh, to the Sundance film festival and stuff like that when it comes. So Mary may wear that, those, that stuff once or twice, maybe to church and then that's it. So the boots probably had only been worn once, if any, it's not so much the fact that you're giving that the boots were used It's the principle of how she did it. Like when she goes, Oh my God, thank you. And she, and then Mary, like you, you undermine your own gift just to be an asshole when she was like, Oh, they were just something I had laying around the house. Why is that something to say? I know. I know. Why did you even say that? But and I, I mean, felt, just 
I felt just like she, you're giving somebody a gift, but shading them at the same time by basically saying, I'm giving you this, but it doesn't mean anything to me. Well, because she doesn't respect them because she, no, she doesn't. Mary knows. Not at all. Mary knows that a lot of the stuff that they're saying might be true. So let's just sit in that. Well, right? uh, of course. And she and we know that there's, that a, there's a that, and we know that the mortgage stuff is based in truth. Even if there, you know, while there may be some specifics that people will be able to agree to disagree on to the end of time, because Cameron is deceased. So unless his, I'm assuming he had a wife, comes out and gets and throws her hat into the fray. All we have is that one statement, but the reality of it is, is that there is an entire case history of that that absolutely fleshes out the fact that there was a whole little mortgage company situation that was being run through the church, and it involved Robert and that this woman who was the church administrator, and it got so messy that it ended up involving estate uh, money from uh, that would have been a part of the residue of the grandmother's estate, which is why um, Rosalind Cesares, because that's the case, Cesares versus um, Robert Crosby, that is part of the reason why she sued because the way that everything was going and, and why the, the whole mortgage company piece became a part of that case because it was a case related to squandering the estate. But the reason why the mortgage company stuff became wrapped up in that is because that was part of the squandering because it was one of the businesses obviously that was attached to the estate. So between the business being run down and, you know, run in a questionable manner and, you know, people defaulting on loans, et cetera, for obvious reasons, as well as how do you make up for that, which would be other estate monies, then there was the suit and she got a $1.7 million judgment for that. Hmm. Yeah, because at some point during all of the back and forth about the estate for which we know there was no will and all that other stuff as in comparison to what Mary would want us to believe as it relates to why her mother doesn't F with them. Um, her mother was ultimately named administrator of the estate, which is why she had standing to sue him in a case that went all the way up to the uh, Utah Supreme Court and then remand it back down so that the lower court can figure out the money. So there is, this is absolutely a case of where there's smoke, there's fire. Um, I do agree that when it comes to issues with religion, especially when you get into churches that are um, a little bit smaller because the church is not as big as it used to be because between it's splitting off and all the other stuff. I would imagine it probably took a little bit of a hit with her doing this show as well. Cause it's just not a good look. Um, they, there's not a lot of members. So when you have this small church and you've got the, the weird little charismatic leader and, you know, and then on top of it, very Pentecostal and rule driven and like, everything very wrapped up in the leadership and, and stuff like that. 
people are automatically going to give it like that whole cult um that that whole cult moniker but i think that that's really more so because they are in utah <laughs> and yeah and i yeah. think they're and, and so you automatically things. think cult exactly and that brings me to the next point where people because this and because it comes back to the gifts too this brings me to the next point because we're rounding out to the end where um there is a conversation that uh i think they touched on it on the show as well because that's when heather broke broke it down about um jen versus uh mary and why she doesn't think it's far-fetched to kind of treat them in the same way and i think this also addresses some things that i've seen as it relates to viewers and stuff where they try where of course you know is going down a road of trying to make it like about race and things like that i think that what gets lost in some of these discussions especially with this show compared to other housewives shows is that i have always said that there was a sixth housewife although now seventh housewife because of jenny that this show had a sixth housewife from the very beginning and that sixth housewife was the mormon church um and it is and, and religion period that yeah. is very much a, a that is just as much a part of this show and the culture of this show as anything else while every show has its own culture this one is even more unique not just because it's in salt lake city and it's not even about whether or not you find the show interesting it's just culture in general and so i think what um people have to uh, what what people aren't realizing is it is very easy for this uh, for this group of women who are especially the ones who are very much more a part of the culture even more than Meredith um, because they grew up in it. Um, it's very easy for this group of women to view things uh, like the situation with Mary on a higher level um that would put it that would make it just as serious to them as the jen shaw issue is to them because mm. where they are and culturally and the role that religion plays in everything in utah right because it is this is utah and this is this the mormons run it from the state house on down so this so for them any when you have some issues with religion and i get what um meredith was saying about in any situation where you've got religion and religious leaders and churches you are always going to have um malcontents um people mm -hmm. who have had religious trauma some more than others and we definitely know that in places where it is like literally run by religion you're probably going to have even more people with religious trauma i mean honestly what heather is dealing with is absolutely religious trauma yeah definitely um, so yeah. i say all that to say that 
because of the importance that I don't even know if Meredith fully understands um, that they place on religion, that anything that calls it into question that you are doing something that bastardizes it or potentially um, hurts people as using religion or anything like that, especially for people who have come to a realization that they were part of a religion that does that, i.e. Heather and Whitney, they are going to take it just as seriously as any other quote unquote crime. Okay. Um, and, I and, see that. I see that. I definitely see that. And another point that Heather made, which was a good one, which, you know, and again, and, and you know, and if I thought it was race, I, I would call it out. I don't think, are there some racial elements in the show? Anytime when you have most people one way and, and then, and they did come from a religion that you know, up until recently, you know, flat out was open about the fact that they didn't mess with white people. And I mean, black people. And I still don't, I mean, has Brigham Young openly, well, I guess they probably have considering that. There was, uh, there was a letter of apology from the Mormon church about three years ago. But I'm talking ago. about the university as well, because remember it wasn't just a matter of BYU having an issue with boys and girls living together. Cause remember the girl who was on the real world that got kicked out of school because she was on the real world, but they also had a policy against uh, mixed race dating. I'm assuming that went away because remember RG three, didn't he go there and he had the white girlfriend that was his girlfriend yeah. there. Well, I'm not sure about that, but I do think that the when the church as a whole came out, the school followed these, suit. Yeah, they had all these measures, and um, some of them included like education. And, yeah, so the school yeah. would have followed suit, um, yeah, if not yeah. uh, if not sooner, and they probably did it sooner because you know you're gonna have a good uh, if you're gonna have a good football team, we're gonna be there. So anyway, it's sad to say, but if there's no other reason why they'll keep us around, it's going to be sports. Um, but, but anyway, um, uh, so I, it, so, but like I said, if, if it was race, uh, you and I would definitely call it out with Mary. I think I truly, race though does have something to do with it because something tells me that there's a lot of stuff that you can call out that they can call out about each other's businesses. Oh, absolutely. I do think that them seeing, if I do think that if Mary was white or even Jen Shaw was white, like before she got arrested, before she got arrested. Yeah, but before she got arrested, none of them were calling her out about her stuff. They were no, all, I they mean, were, other No, no, no. They were speculating about where does she get all this money from and all Yeah, but they else. would but people speculate about stuff without calling it out. They said, remember, I don't they think there would have been as, as much if 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 Jen Shaw was blonde with blue eyes. I think I don't think people I don't think would speculate much speculate about it. About I don't think that people people but sadly when it comes to money that's one of the great equalizers in certain situations. I think that people would speculate about your money 
anytime the issue if people are going to speculate because people are nosy first of all let's let's just call space people, people, people are nosy, nosy i think that the speculation would be there the issue would be how open the speculation would be I, that's so i do agree with you there would it be openly discussed um every time she walked out of the room no but yeah. would husbands and wives go home at night from the dinner parties talking about where does she get her money from? Absolutely. I think that it was no different than all of those mofos, including Katie Couric and everybody else who used to attend the parties at uh, Jeff Epstein's mega mansion. I think every last one of those mofos at some point questioned where he got his money from. They didn't question it to their face and to his face, and they didn't question it to anybody who would have told anybody that they questioned it because he had a whole lot of money and nobody could ever figure out what the hell he did for a living. And the thing, and the same thing with Jen, she had a whole lot of money and nobody, and she could never really explain exactly what she did for a living. And even the person who tried to kiss her ass the most, uh, Heather, when mm -hmm. pressed on it, could not explain what it is that Jen did for a living. And she tried. Because if there's one person right. on that show who loved the hell out of Jen, no matter how many times she practically punched her in the face, was Heather. Right, right. She she loved Jen to a damn fault. Right. Um. So, and I don't think it's on some Lisa Rena kissing up to Erica Jane stuff just for the sake of it. Heather genuinely had affection for her. It was obvious. Because yeah, of, I mean, I think yeah. they had a a, a, a relationship. Yeah, that, very think. imbalanced, but a relationship uh, nonetheless. So no, I, I definitely think that there are areas where race come into it. I'm uh, what I'm only I'm simply saying that when it comes to um, especially the way because we also have to remember that they've got this little goblin setting this all up i.e. Lisa. So all we know is the stuff that we saw Lisa say on camera. But we also know just based on the fact that Meredith, who, you know, have we ever in a million years seen Meredith really have a one-on-one -on -one with Whitney? We also know that Meredith said that she, because she said it, because she said she regrets it, that Meredith told Whitney what Cameron said, which means, so that's another example of the fact that these women are talking about stuff, they're sharing the rumors that they're hearing and all of this stuff, but they're not talking about it on the show. Whether they're sharing the information with each other or getting it from other people, they're talking about it. Um, right. But, and one thing that I do agree with Heather on is when, someone, I think it was Meredith, when she said, you know, all this stuff about Jen Shaw, or maybe, yeah, I think Meredith said all this stuff about Jen Shaw and these questions and this and that and the third, but you, but you all were, um, giving her, uh, you know, giving her the benefit of the doubt until, um, HSI, you know, home, homeland security showed up. Um, and, uh, and I appreciated Heather saying, because this this was like Heather bossing up at the end. What Heather said, 
yes, we did have questions. And, and she knew about some of the yeah. questions that we had. The fact that we had questions weren't new. And yeah, you're right. We did kind of overlook some stuff. So she admits it. But I also appreciate her boss up when she said, but this is, we're now at a different point. When we're at the point where Homeland Security is uh, is pulling up to the parking lot of my business, then I'm sorry, even though, you know, Mary is not Jen, at this point, essentially what she was saying is, at this point, the gloves are off, nobody's getting the benefit of the doubt because now my livelihood is being threatened. I can't be right. mad at that. Because to me, that's no different than Meredith saying, um, like we talked about earlier, to me, that's no different than Meredith saying, well, I ain't got, essentially, I ain't got no love for Jen and her situation because of what Jen did to me. Meredith ain't, Mary ain't do nothing to me at this point. So I'm good with her. Whereas Heather is taking a different approach, but still in the same family, which is my situation, when Homeland Security, um, uh, showed up, I basically took that as a personal threat to my life and my livelihood. So now I ain't trusting nobody. So since Jen Shaw, so Jen Shaw stuff is on the table. Remember she even said, I keep trying to call her. She didn't answer. But since right. we hear Mary, now there's some questions about you. Sorry, you not going to get the year long benefit of the doubt that Jen Shaw did. Although technically she did. Your girl, Lisa, over there, put your stuff out on Front Street. So now let's just deal with it. Right, right. Um, well, where do you think they're going from here? Uh, Well, we saw Heather Boss up, loved, loved that. Loved when Mary came down there and thought that she was going to bully her. And Heather was like, all right, whatever, Heather. Um, I thought Whitney was great this episode as well when Lisa kind of tried to bully her and she was like, whatever. Um, but where did they go from here? I know we kind of got lost in terms of not talking about Heather and her sister quick and dirty on that. It's sad. I hope they work it out. Um, you could beat up on Heather all day about it, but I don't think that anybody can beat up on her any worse than she is probably already beat up on herself. It, it, you're caught with family and religion and because they were Mormon, those two things are inextricably linked. And that's it. Unfortunately, that's what happens in those situations. So hopefully they can move forward. Okay. The end. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. Cause I, I, you know, I, it looks I can't, like they will. it looks yeah, it like, looks like will. it will. Have, um, yeah. I can't beat up on her about that uh, from the outside looking in, we could all be like, that's stupid and whatever, whatever. But again, it's a different culture and you got to look at it through that lens or it'll never make sense to you, which I, which I mm -hmm. understand as well. Um, the, so where do they go from here? Well, it looks like they all going to go freaking crazy. I definitely want to know. Yeah. I definitely want to know what makes Meredith say something about telling people's businesses about husbands and what the word on the street is, which backs us up into a little gossip, even though we're not going to go down the rabbit hole, is that there's going to be some, the word on the street is that the rumor that gets kind of kicked around and maybe that's what pissed her off is that Jen and Meredith was maybe messing with the same dude. <laughs> I, 
I don't, it sounds crazy, but it did seem like Meredith never really shut down the fact. Remember last season, she never really did come out and say that she wasn't seeing someone else. And her and Seth were legit separated because they actually filed in court um, uh, that they were separated. So if she was seeing somebody else, it may not be anything that she wanted people to know because it doesn't fit within her image. Plus her and her husband got back together. And I, and I received that, but I'm not, I'm not beating her up about it either way. I just understand why she wouldn't want that discussed with the world. Now, Jen, that's a different story because you was full on uh, all about uh, coach Shaw. So, you know, but I guess we'll she see. She did say she did say that they almost got a divorce. Yeah, but the question is her. when. And then plus, almost she said she didn't necessarily say they almost got a divorce because they separated of her accord, but that he almost wanted to leave the marriage. Which means if you were still like, "I love you, I love you, don't leave me," then you wouldn't be cheating, right? Right. So, but then again, you know, he gone for like years at a time. So who knows? But anyway, (laughs) um, because the whole world seems to think he's got a whole other family at the, at the university. So anyway, (laughs) he's Muslim. He's never there for key. Okay. I mean, talk about a license to drive with some foolishness. He's Muslim and he lives in a Mormon state. God only knows what he's got going on in terms of his belief about having extra wives. Because on both ends of that, there's some questionable views as it relates to women and uh, having multiple families. So you never know. Um, Okay, so... So there's that. Um, The situation with Jenny and Mary could be virtually anything. Mary is so dismissive and nasty that as much as I know how people feel about Jenny or whatever, if I had to bet money on what got on, on who was probably the one that set that situation off, my money is still on Mary setting that situation off because I I would imagine it was a situation where they were there was some talk. Mary felt like somebody wasn't paying her the proper respect, made one of her little funky remarks. And as we have seen, unlike the rest of the women who just kind of let Mary talk to them crazy and they sort of ignore it and move on to the next thing, there's two people who don't. One of them is Whitney and one of right. them is Jenny. So right. if I had to bet how what set that in motion, it would be that Mary said something a little left of what Jenny was going to tolerate because that's just how Mary rolls. And I know that Jenny has jumped into other people's arguments or whatever, but Mary just moved real funny. And given that Mary gave her the boots, as far as Jenny is concerned, her and Mary are good. She even said that. I know, which was hilarious to me. Exactly. Because remember, technically, Jenny didn't really, Mary was more angry at Jenny than Jenny was with Mary because 
Mary said, you know, Jenny, remember Jenny was just doing the same thing that she did at the ice fishing thing, which Mary wasn't there for. So I guess she didn't realize that Jenny's way of trying to stop everybody from arguing and get back into having a good time is to yell for everybody to just shut up and calm down. And then Mary didn't take kindly to that. And then they got into it or whatever. But, you know, whether we like the way Jenny handled that or not, um, the point is that I don't think she did it in a, she, she did not mean to do it to start a personal beef with Mary. So I don't think it was a big deal. I think we can agree on that, right? She, she didn't, it started a personal beef with Mary, but that's not what she intended to do. So that's why I think it was very easy for her to just be like, as long as Mary is cool with me, I'm cool with her, which again is why I think whatever set that shit off at this party has more to do with Mary <laughs> than Jen, because we, so we know how Mary we know how Mary rolls. Think so too. Well, she's the, already. I mean, like, here's the thing with Mary. I mean, you agreed, to and go she on feels this attacked. Trip. You agreed to go on this trip. They already told you that you would be like wearing um, an ice leader hosen and <laughs> yeah, and I don't whatever, even know what you call right? that crap. And no, because the men wear later hosen, so I don't know what that was that the women were wearing. Is it called a drindle? I don't know. Whatever okay. it is. Well, okay. I got to look it up, but keep going. Whatever it is, you already knew that that was like part of the assignment, right? So, like, you can't be there, like, oh, we outside, they drinking. Like, you already knew what it was. Just don't and you're it. on a girl's trip. Yeah. And, and like, what'd you think they were going to do? Hold a prayer circle? Yeah. And, and, and that's, that's what I'm saying. So it's just like, girl, like, she, ugh, she just works my nerves. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, I have a hard time figuring out what her expectations were for what they were going to do in that trip. Yeah. I could have told you it was going to be some drinking. I was surprised there wasn't more drinking. Well, there probably was. We just didn't see it all. you know what you might be right because i just looked up what a drindle skirt looks like um it looks like a lot of them are long but i is that i'm seeing but i'm assuming that the short ones are probably called drindles as well okay so you're you're in the family there because somebody else asked that question on google apparently (laughs) but but anywho, so I think that's where it is. With Jen Shaw, we already know the deal. Deny, 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 and try to paint some conspiracy that she knows good and darn well her castmates had nothing to do with. But, you know, what do we expect any different? I think the, the thing that I, if I were her, I'd be most concerned about is flying off the handle and it being documented and having your, uh, your bond people wonder if that was fueled by alcohol, considering that her bond condition said that she, um, couldn't get, uh, that she couldn't, uh, get intoxicated. So, um, you know, <laughs> that she, so hopefully she, uh, whoever her pretrial officer is, is not a jerk off in terms of looking back at Bravo tapes, because we do know that Bravo happily shares their tapes with the government who did subpoena them and they happily turned them over. Um, right. 
So, uh, and, and that has already happened. So um, we can get more into Jinshaw later. I don't think that the motions before the court uh, that her attorney has filed are going to go anywhere. I think worst case scenario for us, because it doesn't change anything for the prosecution, um, because, you know, we could always just look up the motions when we want to find out if anything new has happened in the case. Um, worst case scenario for us is that maybe as a sanction, the judge puts a gag order in place on everybody. Um, but I don't think that will change anything because even for the purposes of another documentary, all they would really be um, showing us is whatever is going on in court and getting different people involved in the case, maybe even um, some of the people who have already been sentenced. So there, there's nothing at stake who might be mm -hmm. willing, um, who might be willing to talk about it because for as uh, many people who are in the, the pending stage as Stu, which are probably among the people who will be testifying against her who haven't been sentenced, there's at least three or four maybe even five, as you and I saw in the documentation, who have already been sentenced, in which case they probably are not going to be involved um, in testifying in her case. So if they're able to speak to <laughs> a news crew, I'd love to hear from them. <laughs> Just for right, my own, right. uh, just for my own purposes. Uh, so, other than them getting a slap on the wrist from the judge, if the judge feels that um, the investigator speaking, because I did, I was a little like, um, you know, when the guy from Homeland Security spoke, I I wasn't exactly thrilled with that. Um, and I think her attorney is doing the right thing, just from a zealous representation standpoint, but. Um, it's it the case isn't being dismissed because even the things that he said because I read the government's response and they had the entire transcript there was nothing that he said that wasn't public record it probably it just didn't it just wasn't necessarily a good look and there's nothing there that could poison that's going to poison a jury pool because like the government said in their response this woman is on television every week. She's doing public appearances. She's on Twitter. She is the one who started the whole hashtag free Jen Shaw thing or whatever. So if there's going to be a jury pool that is poisoned either way, pro or con, she's doing it every single week. <laughs> on right, right, yeah. And one thing they didn't say, but that I would caution people just, um, just in remembering that we get immersed in this world because we enjoy it and we watch it and we dive down the different rabbit holes to bring uh, to because one we're nosy, but also to bring you good content and all of that. But in the grand scheme of things. These shows, even the Real Housewives of Atlanta, the reason why it was such a huge deal that not only and, and that it was Jewel and Bravo's crown is because it got ratings that were not only unheard of for Bravo, but unheard of generally for cable, especially reality television on cable on basic cable when it was at its height and had like six, seven million viewers. But on average, especially the shows that are not 
on that level. And even the Real Housewives of Atlanta aren't on that level anymore. They're averaging maybe like 1.5 now. This show doesn't even get their numbers. None of those, none of the shows do. They average maybe a million viewers, which is like point, point, well, I figured this out, three one thousandths of a percent of just the population of the United States, which is a drop in the bucket, even for the state of New York. So that, what does that mean folks? Not, I'm not trying to give you a math lesson that the overwhelming majority by a, by miles of the general public does not watch this show, know who these people are, know who Jen Shah is. It doesn't matter how many times it comes on the news, it goes right over people's heads. So the idea that even even it being on Hulu would spoil a jury pool, absolutely ridiculous when you put it into its real context outside of us in this bubble. But if it's all you have, you gotta work with what you got. Oh, absolutely. And that's what I'm saying from a defense attorney standpoint, due diligence 100%. I'm talking about from the standpoint of a judge ruling that this would poison a jury pool. Not even close. (laughs) Yeah, but you know, these judges are, are just never fail to surprise me. So we'll see. either, but uh Southern District of New York, uh, I think we, you know, there's people who have done worse and the cases have been tried and the government has still won. Um again, if the judge is so inclined, and I wouldn't be shocked, nor would it bother me. Um because if for no other reason, the fact that the Homeland Security person spoke and the fact that there were materials that the prosecution provided to ABC. And again, we got to remember, these those are not new requests. That kind of stuff happens all the time. Right. But if the judge has a particular bee in their bonnet, because everybody has their own ideas about the media, pretrial stuff or whatever, maybe a mild sanction and and I can't even imagine what that sanction would even be that would really take any bite out of this other than to just gag everybody from any further pre-trial um any pre-trial conversations about the case but the tricky part to that as you and i know is that cuts both ways because if that is the ruling the judge gives that could even impact whether or not she should she should take the risk of even being at the reunion because you know it's surely going to be a question absolutely and and certainly you know, she, any questions about it from a normal thinking person would be, and if they, well, first of all, a normal thinking person wouldn't be doing this, but a normal thinking person who went to the reunion because they were having a stupid day, the answer to any question about the case would be, I can't answer these questions. It's an active case. I'm not Erica Jane. This is like criminal shit. I'm facing 50 years and that should shut it down. And if, Andy tries to ask her in 50 different other ways, uh, motherfucker, I'm leaving because you already know 
whatever this situation is. In fact, that should be honestly a dis- the, um, a respectful way to handle it. It would really be, and, and I know if I was her attorney, what I would do would be to have a conversation with Andy Cohen and Bravo before the reunion even happens so that when it starts, I don't even have to address it because Andy Cohen, as the host, would say, I know that viewers are going to uh, are looking to have um, Jen Shaw ask answer questions about X, Y, Z in much the same way we uh, you saw us do with Erica Jane. But these circumstances are different. We understand we don't want to violate her civil rights and we just can't do it. And that be the end of it. Right. Um, that to me, that would be the proper way to handle it on all sides. I don't know how they would handle it because to me, the mere fact that she appears is problematic. So anyway, the reason why I say all of that is if she does appear on there, even if she says that, you know, they'll try and ask her in other ways, or the ladies are going to say something, she's going to fly off the handle. And chances are she could say one little thing that will have those prosecutors dragging her in the court and dissecting every word that came out of her mouth to say that she violated that gag order. Mm-hmm. So, so we'll be watching. That's, yes. And so we'll be watching because that's the only sanction I could really think of, but that sanction cuts both ways. So we'll see. And they, and her people aren't even asking for that. Cause I think they know that they're, they're basically just, they, they're asking that the case be dismissed, which is ridiculous. It's not going to happen. So <laughs> when you and I know that the, the main thing you would really ask for, I mean, you can ask, ask for a dismissal, but the main thing you would be asking for is a gag order. And they're not saying that they're just saying dismissed or such other sanctions as the court deems appropriate which means that technically they really don't want a gag order because again, they know it cuts both ways and their client talks too fucking much. Cause that would also keep her off of Twitter too. Right. Right. The whole free Jen Shaw thing that's talking about your case. So. Right. But remember the judge can only bind parties too. And so these. No, I'm saying if Jen says free Jen Shaw on her own. No, post, no. If she says, but she has that's a, a lot of, she has enough minions or Oh yeah, but I'm just talking about direct. Yeah, and I'm just talking about her. Like yeah, under yeah, under yeah. her own moniker, she's gotta shut it down. But anyway, yeah. we have gone well over and I know you were tired, and I so appreciate that because we're both like running our mouths too much. But this is a good episode, even <laughs> though we talked about everything but the episode. But you guys know that you when you listen to us, you get excellent commentary. And hell, if you watch the show, why do we have to tell you every detail it was about? We're talking about how we feel about what happened on the show. So right. you, you wanna know what happened on the show, watch it. well exactly with the next big episode although i'm doing them out of order and i can't wait for missy to jump in on that and i'm actually going to have several other people come in as guests because it's going to be in two parts is my 100th episode yay so it's going to be two parts. One, talking about some of the topics that uh, I've got to catch up on because they've been driving me crazy, like Alec Baldwin and Jussie and all of that stuff. And then I'm going to dive back into some of my favorite topics in the first 100th episodes because a lot of them were cases 
that have either been resolved or are now like finally coming to court, like Epstein and all kinds of stuff. So it should be a lot of fun. It's going to be a two-part show. So everybody stay tuned. In the meantime, thank you once again, Missy, for a fabulous night of us keeping each other up half the night because we talk too much. And (laughs) my pleasure. Thank you for having me. And, um, Also, everybody, thank you so much for tuning in. Please remember, if you are following us on any other podcast platform besides Podbean, where we're live, make sure that you leave a review if you can, and as many stars as they allow you to give, especially on iTunes, Spotify, and iHeartRadio, because we're trying to blow up and be everywhere. Hello, don't you want to see me and Missy on TV or something? Or, you know, whatever. So, (laughs) but anywho, um, thank you. And for those of you who have gone to the site to check out my book, thank you very much. I will also, again, make sure that that stays in the info box. Um, Again, that is the Parenting Odyssey. And my specific topic uh, is, as you can imagine, because is just me, which is overachieving at everything except parenting. And also for the many people who listened to the show last week, um, episode 99, for those of you who may want to find it, where I talked about that topic in the book and really did a deep dive. And we're and I'm definitely going to talk about that again. I will also have Missy on to talk about that as well and some others because Missy brings a unique perspective to um, to that topic, even as it relates to parental guilt and all of that stuff from the perspective of being a stepmother and how they have to navigate um, some of those feelings and issues as well, especially when you're a great stepmother like her that loves your stepchildren. So, (laughs) yeah. So, I mean, a lot of these feelings that we have of what we're doing, are we doing it well, but then you're also doing it in the context of there being two other parents involved, one you're married to and one you are very much not. So we are, so, (laughs) so, um, yeah, so really interesting stuff coming up in terms of our parenting topics and also going to bring someone on Missy, you are going to love this topic. Um, someone, she actually was in my group of authors whose mother abandoned her uh, and I think she had siblings to follow a guru. Wow. Okay. I know, right? Isn't that juicy? That yeah, is, that I mean, is. crap that her mom yeah. abandoned her, but that whole, like, that's a whole thing. And it's really interesting when, when you talk, when you think about, like, we're talking about Salt Lake City and Mary and people following her and mortgaging houses. And so, you know, this is real-ish, so definitely going to get into going to get into that. And I know that people want to listen to that because when we did the um, book launch last week, she was one of the people who spoke. And even some of my guests were like, you did a great job, but I want to know more about her. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. I wasn't afraid because I do too. <laughs> So, uh, so, and it's really interesting because she's one of my fellow authors. So she, of course, is parenting now and, and going through the process of parenting her children. But this was her background 
as a child. So very, um, very interesting. So looking forward to having her on. Otherwise, everyone always remember that if you are interested in it, thinking about it, clicking about it, any of those things, chances are I want to talk about it with you too. Because again, you know I'm nosy. So let's be honest together. Keep in touch. You'll find all the contact info you need in the bio. Bye-bye.